and turn in your Bibles, or Jose's going to put it up on the board here in a minute. Uh, we're going to look at Mark chapter 9, verses 23 through 20, just 23 and 24. And there's a couple of titles we could use for this message, and some of them, uh, this is actually a chapter, the idea came from a chapter in a book called The Christian Atheist, The Christian Atheist, and it's by Craig Rochelle, G-R-O-E-S-C-H-E-L, and he calls it The Christian Atheist, and what he, what he does in this book, he talks about how that as Christians we believe certain things that are not true. And what, in this case, when you believe in God but don't think you can change. That's the title of the chapter. When you believe in God and don't think you can change. My um, title would be Embracing This God Life. And that's from one of our scriptures. So kind of give proper context here. So as we look at this, um, as I said, the idea came from his book and came from, came from this chapter. But... So many times we believe in God, but don't believe that we can change. We don't think that we can change. Um, and so the challenge comes to us over and over again, is there anything impossible with God? And if there's nothing impossible with God, then how do I fit into this idea of changing, becoming what God wants me to be? That we, we have all of these ideals, and we have this, this life that we have in Christ, and we, there's this power and this change that we want to happen in our life, but yet, it seems like there's a process that we're not getting where we want to go. So, in the Message Bible, Mark chapter 9 says, verse 23, Jesus said, if there are no ifs among believers, anything can happen. <laughs> if there are no ifs. And uh, the challenge there in that verse, did you ever say, well, if that hadn't happened, I'd be okay. If this circumstance had been different, I would be different. If this had, how many have ifs in your life? The big if. <laughs> All right. So you, some of the rest of us don't have enough experiences for that, right? But if, if only, if only I hadn't done this, if I only hadn't turned left, I, I, I wouldn't have had this, you know, it's like the little kid in Sunday school class, and they were talking about how that Lot's wife uh, was fleeing from Sodom and Gomorrah, and she turned around and turned into a pillar of salt. And the little boy said, that's nothing. My mom turned around, and she turned into a telephone pole. <laughs> so, little humor. So anyhow, we look at the ifs of our life. If this hadn't happened, if that hadn't happened, things would be different. Well, verse 24 goes on to say, No sooner were the words out of his mouth than the father cried, Then I believe, help me with my doubts. Help my unbelief. So if we are in this if mode, we need to, the challenge for us then is to ask God to help our unbelief. Help us get over our if. <laughs> if. Jesus said in the King James Version, it's written, Jesus said unto him, If thou canst believe, all things are possible to him who believes. So it sounds very straightforward. It sounds very logical and something we can grasp with our minds, believe, ask, and receive, right? Believe, spontaneous response to belief is to ask, and then, of course, I'm ready to receive it in my life. So what's so hard about that? Well, Mark chapter 11, verses 20 through 22 through 25, Jesus was matter-of-fact. Embrace this God life. Embrace this God life. 
That's the challenge for each of us. Embrace this God life. Well, if this, no, no ifs, embrace this God life. Really embrace it. And nothing will be too much for you. This mountain, for instance, Jesus says, go jump in the lake. No shuffling or shilling, shallowing, and it's as good as done. That's why I urge you to pray for absolutely everything, ranging from small to large. Include everything as you embrace this God life. Include everything in your prayers as you embrace this God life. That means the ifs, the if, we take those ifs to God in prayer, the things that we think have ruined it, may be the very things that God will use to help us make it. And when you assume the posture of prayer, remember that it's not all asking. If you have anything against someone, forgive. Only then will your heavenly Father be inclined to also wipe away your, wipe your slate clean of sin. So embrace this God life and you will get God's everything. Sounds pretty good. Remember, though, what is said in the Scripture it's not always about asking. If you have anything against someone, it's about reflecting the character of God. And as I read through these verses, if we kind of start at the end of verse 25 and work back to the beginning of verse 24, we have this, we have God's forgiveness as we forgive others. We understand, we, we're understanding the, the impact of that forgiveness. We have ourselves praying, taking our ifs and so on to God. If we, in verse 24, we have the embracing of this God life and getting God's everything into our life. We have the command to pray about everything. Verse 23, if we have mountains, we can say to them, go jump in the lake, <laughs> those mountains that we have. But it all starts with the very first verse, verse 22, me embracing this God life. Do I really believe, understand, grasp the concept that the life that I am living is a God life? Do I embrace the concept that I am living a God life? Now, the challenge that I think would put up roadblocks upon that concept is there are some things in my life that are just not going the way I think they should, so therefore, I can't really believe that this is a God life. You know? So what do you embrace? What part of you do you think you can't change? What part of you is you say, well, this is, I'm going to embrace the idea of this God life, but look at our shortcomings, our failures, our thinking, and what is it that pops up Maybe not today, but tomorrow. We've done this before, and suddenly we run into this roadblock, and, and we say, oh my, this isn't a God life, because look at this shortcoming, look at this sin, look at this addiction, look at this type thing. And we start running into those things, and we stop saying this is a God life. Well, do you remember the, the quote that says, if you think you can or you think you can't, you're right? Well, belief is an understanding of the heart, but we are at, believing, excuse me, belief is an understanding of the head, but our action is from our hearts, that we are living out this God life. And if you love me, you will keep my commandments, Jesus says. So we are embracing, 
We are embracing this God life. Do I need to show you what embracing is? You know, you know, embracing, holding on to. Well, what keeps us from embracing? Well, I think sometimes we believe a lie. We live with a lie. We think that we cannot change. We think that we can change maybe 99% of ourselves, but there's some part of ourselves that we just can't change. And we are held captive. I don't, I don't know if you've ever, I've never been in jail, and I hopefully never have to be or never do something that would put me there or whatever, but it has got to be a captivating <laughs> experience. And, but we are sometimes behind the prison bars of our thoughts. Belief in God but think he simply just can't help me where I am. And that thinking is at the heart of my failure, of my not being able to embrace this God life. A lie believed as truth will, effect, will act as if, it is, as if it were true. A lie believed as truth will act like a truth in our life. Now, in this book that I spoke of by Gresham, he speaks about this, this individual, and he calls him Jeremy, who was addicted, and, and he goes through, he says, and, and he was addicted in no particular order to alcohol, pornography, sleeping with girls, and smoking pot. Although Jeremy gave his life to God at the age of 15, and he attended church weekly, his life wasn't moving forward. Each week, Jeremy faithfully sits on the fourth row of church, convinced that he can never overcome his addictions. So the question is, why is this so important? Because in his mind, this makes him unworthy of God's love. And that's the challenge that gets to us every time we think we're unworthy of God's love. We generally look at something we have done. We look at a failure that, has, that we have or continue to have in our life, and we start backing up from, well, God loves me, yeah, but I'm not worthy of it, so therefore I back away from it. And every time I back away from it, I remind myself of, I remind myself of all the things that I've done wrong. And those failures continue to be a roadblock in front of me. And it, it's like God wanting to do something in my life, but I don't let him because I'm not worthy. Okay, in Sunday school, uh, I know I spoke about this a couple times, but it's a good illustration, so I've got to use it, you know. Uh, if, I, if I purchased you a $200 gift certificate at one of the local um, Bilo, Giant Eagle, whatever, I give you a, a gift certificate for $200. Now, you put that in your pocket, your purse, and... Uh, you don't spend it. You say, well, I don't, wanna, I don't want pastor to pay $200 for my coupon, for me. Well, excuse me, I've already paid $200. Okay? Coupon's already purchased. The purchase price of the coupon has already been paid. If, now, the, the question is, are you going to redeem it? Jesus Christ has paid the price for our sins. Are you going to redeem it? God has paid the price for this God life that we are to live. 
Are we going to redeem it? And the question becomes, then, how am I going to do this? Now, the, what, and, and, and it's really, we're caught up in a couple of things. We're caught up in, in our thinking, and, and, you know, and, and you know what? We're very right sometimes. Um, I was thinking of um, our neighbor. They have, a, they have a, a dog, and they put in one of those fences, those lines underground, and they put a shock collar on the dog. And whenever the dog, you know, and then they, they just didn't put the line out there. They put flags where the line was, okay? So the dog knows. He sees the flags, and, you know, he wonders what those are. But as soon as he gets close enough to those flags, he stops. Okay? Anybody ever seen those at work? Anybody ever wear one just to see if they work? Anyone want to volunteer to wear one? Now, um, so the dog knows where those flags are, sees the flags. Well, they eventually took the flags down, but the dog still doesn't go where the flags are. Why? Because he knows that if he goes over there, he's going to get shocked. We were um, at our neighbor's and purchasing corn, and they, have, they, they asked uh, Rhonda if we wanted to take uh, Jackson to see the, the new calf. Okay, so they have a baby calf that's a week old. And so Jackson, he's in there looking in the pen where the cow and the, mo- the mother and uh, the calf are and all that. And then in another pen, they have about 20 or 30 young calves that have not, not been outside. They're, they're in training. Half of them are outside and half of them are inside. And what are they in training for? They have them out in the outside and they have an electric fence around the field that they are in, a smaller field. And what happens is the calves don't know if you don't, you know, if you touch the fence, what happens? You get shocked. So they learn to back away. Now, sometimes cows, growing up on a farm, I'm aware of this, sometimes the shock would propel them to go through it. <laughs> so the challenge is to not have them run into the fence and get shocked and then keep on going. That is, they approach the fence slowly, get shocked, and back away. All right. Now, the challenge is, how many times have we attempted something and failed, got shocked? Now, the flags are down, but we won't attempt it again because we know we're going to get shocked. And how many times in our life have we felt that we just can't make it? Well, from experience, we learn that, Brandy, would you please come up here? I've asked Brandy to help me on this one. I have another story here later. Brandy has uh, so graciously decided that, can you pick this up? Yeah, just, just hold it there. Yeah, she can pick it up. Now, I told her she has to hand it up, hold it up like this, okay? Now, see, addictions are very difficult because sometimes we believe that uh, it's not, you know, we look at other people and they say, well, you know, I can pick up a bottle of Pepsi. It's not too difficult. But addictions, is that getting heavy? A little bit. A little bit. Oh, okay. Uh, what do you think? Now, if you were going to pray, what would you pray for? That I'd get really strong. That you would get really <laughs> strong. Or that somebody would help. Yeah. You see, in our life, it's not only going to take all the strength that we can muster. It's going to take more than what we can muster to overcome our addictions. That's where God comes in. 
You see, people will look at this and say, what's wrong? I can do that. It's just mind over matter. And so, but you see, no matter how much you think you can, like instead of, now just think positive thoughts. <laughs> and it'll be, you'll be able to get done with it. But guess what? Positive thoughts don't compensate for the strain on the muscles. Addictive behavior is not only something we think, it's something we feel. And we need help to overcome both. See? So not only takes all the strength I can muster, it takes more than the strength that I can come up with. So when God is telling us that we are to have faith, he's telling us not only do we have to pick this up, but I also have to have his help if I'm going to continue to hold it. So do you think you can hold this the whole time that I was talking by yourself? No. No. Because sometimes you need some help. And that's where we come along and say, well, what's wrong with you? Why can't you hold it? I can hold it. I can pick it up. You ever have people to give you advice that's really stupid? And that's what this is. You can hold that up all day because, look, I can pick it up. I can hold this all day like this. But it's not the same. And every person is different with everything that happens in their life. Because sometimes what happens in my life is, you know, I can handle this. But you know what? In this way, it's become very difficult. Thank you. That was it. That's all. You can sit down. <laughs> so can you imagine that? Imagine, see, that's why whenever we are talking about what's going on in our life, we have to pray, we have to believe, we have to ask God for help because no one can do this on their own. Hmm. And our character and our problems come to the point where we, we recognize that we have needs in our life. Okay, I'm going to move this out again. All right. I'm going to ask Bob. This is, this is illustration day. Imagine, oh, imagine that. Bob, can you come up here? You see, the, in our life, the devil is always interested in reminding us of what we can't do, what we can't say, where we can't go. And we recognize that difficulties, we have our limitations. Now, I'm going to ask Bob to lift up this pulpit. <laughs> well, Bob's not going to do it. <laughs> now, there's a couple of characteristics here, you know. Now, he told me not to embarrass him, but you imagine that. But uh, now, Bob, with all the work and his manual labor, and all, he's ruined his shoulders. He can't lift it. He can't hard, it's hard for him to lift. His shoulders are gone, shot. Okay, now ask him to come up here and lift this pulpit. Well, he can't do it. Not because he wouldn't try, because I don't want him to try. But what do you think is, you know, so I'm saying, the Bible says if you have enough faith, you can say to this mountain, jump in, go jump in the lake, and it'll jump in the lake. Now, Bob's here, he's going to say, move, pulpit move. Say that, Bob. Move. Pulpit move. Pulpit move. Pulpit move. Okay, that's your prayer. Now, everyone out, every one of us, do you ever, do you ever think you want to be helpful to the kingdom of God? Everybody, anybody here want to be helpful to the kingdom of God? Okay. Well, I want, um, let's see. I want Walt, and I want Joe, and I want Bobby, and I want Tracy to come up. Come on. Aha. Uh-huh. Now, I want you to stand here. Tracy, I want you to stand down there. 
Bobby, I want you to stand down there. Walt, stand right here. I want you to just kind of lay hands on the pulpit there and lift it up. Okay, say that again. Pulpit. Pulpit. Move. Move. All right. Did the pulpit move? Did Bob do anything? You can set it down. <laughs> what did Bob do? He told it to move, but did he move it? Yep. Yeah, it's moved. And you see, our faith doesn't necessarily have to be us doing it. Our faith is that we are a body of Christ. We, we come into church, and guess what? We had five people move the pulpit. One had a request. In our life, how many things are like that? How many things that we look at mountains and say, mountain, jump in the lake? <laughs> but we can't do it. But guess what? God can do it, maybe not through us, but through one another. In El Salvador, David has people that he works with, and he makes, and they make small business loans to these individuals that are, you know, they are in this market, and the small business loan, the org, part of the organization David works with, gives $40, $100 to an individual for a small business loan. Where does that $20, $40, $100 come from? It comes from your pocket when it goes into the offering plate that goes to El Salvador to make this possible for a prayer request in El Salvador. Bob had a prayer request. Pulpit move. How did it move? Through the body of Christ. <laughs> Imagine that. So encouraging words come from our heart and come from our actions. And some of our actions fulfill other people's requests and prayers. So thank you. That wasn't too hard, was it? No. All right, good. So whatever the challenge is, whatever the challenge is, we have to respond in a positive way. You see, Bob could stand up here and say, I can't move the pulpit. All, my, all the years of work and all the things that have gone on, it's greater than what I can do by myself. I can't move this pulpit by myself anymore. But guess what? God can move through you to make this happen. How many requests come in our life? In this book here, Brandy, what's, the, what's it say? Life Without Limits. Tell me what's wrong with this guy. Come here. The book says Life Without Limits. He doesn't have any limbs. He has no legs. He has no arms. Life without limits. What's that? So how can he encourage us? If he were looking at his own life and he has, and he has no arms and no legs, right? Okay, you can sit down. He has no arms and he has no legs. How could he ever think within himself that he could help anyone who has arms and legs? He writes a book, Life Without Limits. And the first chapter is, if you can't get a miracle, become one. If you can't get a miracle, become one. All the four guys that stood here and picked up that pulpit became the miracle that Bob couldn't do on his own. That's the body of Christ. That's you and I. That's what we are called to be and do, to become what Christ wants us to be. We can't 
do it. It's going to take more strength than you can muster, more strength than you can be on your own. You're going to need help. God will be there to be your help. He will give you the strength that you need to, to be that help. Or if you're saying to the mountain that is bigger than you, I don't know how this is going to happen, but God, I believe you're going to move this mountain. And like I said, in people in El Salvador, that how am I ever going to get out of debt? How am I ever going to make this business work? And along comes an organization that won't be a, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Loan shark and charge them 50% interest over, you know, on stuff and they never can get out of debt. They will allow them, give them financial gains, the $20 and $40 that we put in an offering and we put $20 in an offering and I send it to El Salvador and guess what? It makes a difference and answers the prayer of somebody in El Salvador or Africa or Georgia or places around the world for our, with our missions. And in the missionary offering, we've answered the prayers of people halfway or around the world. We've answered their prayers. How hard was it for four guys to pick this up? It was pretty easy, wasn't it? But it was an immovable object for Bob. So every one of our prayers, so that's why we could, Bob could look at this and say, if only I hadn't worked all those years and ruined my shoulders, I could probably move this. If I, hadn't, if I was 30 years younger, I could do this. If I was, if I was, if I was, what's the scripture say? <laughs> Get rid of the ifs and God will answer your prayer. It's not what it says. What does it say? If, I forgot what it said. Chapter one, chapter, there it is. Jesus said, if there are no ifs among believers, anything can happen. If there are no ifs among believers, anything can happen. If I were younger, if I were in a different city, if I were in a different community, if I had a better education, if, 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 Get rid, of the, get rid of the ifs and God can do anything. That's the challenge. Amen? Let's all stand. <laughs> By the way, it's a good book if you want to get it. Life Without Limits. And uh, this young man, no arms, no legs. He makes it happen. Amen? He has Nikki's picture Oh. Oh, there's Nikki. <laughs> after, basic after basic training, yes. I also, when we're at the door, I'm going to ask Michael Christie, which is Lenny Guidance's son, is also in basic training, and I would like you know, we're not allowed to send cards, she said, just plain stationary. So the kids signed on one, and we'll sign on another, and I'll put it in the white envelope. We'll walk the mailbox in today, so. Okay. Okay, so that's our challenge. If, there's, if there is an if in your life, throw it out. This is embrace God. Embrace this God life. You're forgiven. You're loved. You are capable. And what you can't do, 
That's a learned behavior with a false idea. It's a learned behavior with a, a learned behavior and a false idea. You see, on my own, I can't do this. But God, I'm helping you. I'm asking for your help. I can, I can get it done now. I can overcome it. Father, thank you for your blessings. Thank you for touching our lives in a very real way. Thank you, Lord, for helping us know that you are with us, not only in your spirit and your Holy Spirit, and not only is it about me just doing it myself, God, it's about we as the body of Christ coming together to serve you, to serve one another, to help one another. In the good times and the bad times, when things are going well or things are not going well, God, you help us. Bless us now, O Lord, we pray, that we might be blessings, that we might be the miracle in someone else's life. We pray in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. God bless you.